Hello and welcome to Utecast episode 20. This is Head of School Dan Glass with you here live in the Sound Lab at the Brandeis School of San Francisco. Uh, we are back after a week hiatus during which I was shadowing a student as part of the uh, K-12 lab at Stanford's D-Schools Shadow a Student Challenge for the second year in a row. So uh, I wrote about that in the word of the week last week, but did not take a break from my seventh grade studies to come up here to the Sound Lab and record it as uh, a Udcast episode. So episode 20, here we go. We're going to start with a poem as we always do. Thought we'd start today with a, um, a poem called Mad Sonnet uh, by Michael McClure. Michael McClure, many of you might know from uh, the uh, beat poet uh, generation, a uh, very um, important member of that scene, one of the um, folks who read at the uh, very famous Sixth Gallery reading in, I think, 1950, 1955 or 56, when uh, Allen Ginsberg's Howell was first read publicly and Michael McClure uh, continued to be here in the Bay Area and has remained a staple of the Bay Area poetry scene, taught at California College of the Arts for quite a long time. Uh, anyway, this is a poem of his called Mad Sonnet, and I thought of it today because I was thinking about um, the spirit uh, just in the wake of uh, being at this conference that I'll talk about in a minute and sort of spirituality in general, but also this poem really um, is resonant to, to me of King Lear and uh, sort of the madness and kind of standing out and raging against the storm. And we have had such a stormy week, even though I was in Chicago for much of it, um, coming back and seeing uh, the storm damage to our beautiful urban forest here in San Francisco has been a little bit sad and also kind of interesting. Um, given the uh, context of Tubishvat and the birthday of the trees. So I've been thinking about trees and thinking about storms. And so with that as an intro, here is Michael McClure's Mad Sonnet. When spirit has no edge, its bounds escape the human frame. Men swell to blindness without pain and are stupefied. Smooth fingertips receive no pleasure. They become what they call soul and are terrified and search out in the far-flung space they occupy their souls again. Never have they left, but the old ideas are vacant. Our idea of solid self cannot satisfy. Surely all boned creatures feel urge to spirit spread when they desire a thinner soul. Even the kraken and the daddy longlegs have idealist hopes and winters and move in fright on swift, thin feet. And there are mute, mindless creatures who are themselves the cliffy abysses of their desires in unending and extensive darkness that we spread into and fear as sanity of glory or madness. Have no fright in our perfection, 
here is The Verge. And so here we are then at The Verge of another Udcast episode. Uh, so, you know, this week, as I mentioned, I was in Chicago. I spent much of the week uh, and weekend at the Prisma Jewish Day School Conference, uh, along with Debbie Artsmore, Director of Jewish Learning. It was a whirlwind of people and ideas compressed into the certain slant of light that conference hotels generate as a kind of enervating aura. A thousand Jewish educators and school leaders from around the country and world exploring new frontiers in the field. It was my second weekend in a row of conference attendance, the previous weekend having been at the California Association of Independent Schools Heads and Trustees event, and it left me floating a bit, in the haze of thinking but not of it. I participated in an excellent discussion on the development of spirituality in children by Dr. Dr. Lisa Miller um, and her book, The Spiritual Child. I've uh, mentioned publicly a number of times here at Brandeis, but I want to recommend it again. It's a very interesting look at the role that spirituality plays in uh, child development and um, the impact it can have on adolescence, the, the significant positive impact. Um, One session that stood out to me, though, was a conversation on the topic of developing cultures of healthy disagreement, led by my friend Dr. Lauren Applebaum and Dr. Sivan Zakai, uh, who are both the lead researchers and educators for American Jewish University's Teaching Israel Fellowship. The core idea of the presentation was that differing opinions are a good thing and that we need to develop in ourselves and in our communities the capacity to encounter difference thoughtfully and openly. Part of their presentation included what they called the ABCDs of Productive Discourse for Israel Education, and those stand for the A is for Admirable Intentions, the B is for Betterment, <coughs> excuse me, the C is for Competence, and the D is for Difference. The ABCDs encourage us to assume that we are all working for the good of the Jewish people, that we are all trying to improve, that everyone in the conversation is skilled at what they do, and that differences are healthy and make us stronger. It's a lovely framework for civil discourse around Israel, which can be a divisive topic, and one that I've shared with Debbie in support of our educators here. But it also left me thinking about how we work to encounter difference in general. Last week, when I was shadowing a seventh grader, my day ended in social studies. In that class, I participated in a group research project about Islam, working with my fellows to better understand the basic tenets of the faith. Yesterday, I was in that same class again as the seventh graders welcome Amina Jandali of the Islamic Network Group to share with them about Islam and its history and present in the United States. I marveled last week at the wonderful opportunity this offers our children to learn about a marginalized group in our society and to become more culturally literate, and even more so after Mrs. John Dolly's presentation. I hope this is one small part of this puzzle as we work toward graduating students who are able to encounter Muslims in the world with well-informed and widely open hearts and minds. The word difference comes to us from the Latin, the combination of dis for away and fair to carry. To be different, then, is to be carried away, to be a takeaway. 
In my own learning this past week and in the learning I've done with our students, I'm grateful for the frameworks and the opportunities for such difference and such takeaways as these. I know my thinking and my world is richer for them. I have to say, um, you know, it's, it's really a wonderful thing that our students are getting this kind of cultural literacy uh, here at Brandeis. And it's something I've been thinking about a little bit. I'm in a book club. I think I may have mentioned it here uh, on the Yudcast before. Um, a book club that's quite dispersed. It's, uh, we meet in, in the context of Google Hangouts, and we're going on our third year of monthly meetings. And it, it's uh, other, um, other people who are in sort of a similar stage of life uh, to me, you know, folks with young families, folks who are uh, friends of mine who are, you know, um, in the sort of heavy-duty career phase of life, and their friends and, uh, and loved ones who are kind of scattered around the world, you know, folks who are in New York and uh, here in the Bay Area, in Portland, in Los Angeles, um, and in fact, uh, a good friend of mine who's a professor at St. Mary's is in the book club and, and has been able to continue his participation in the book club this year, uh, even while taking a sabbatical year in Nicaragua. So um, it's, uh, it's a, a great part of my um, ongoing learning and engagement with the world of uh, ideas and letters. And we actually had our book club meeting uh, on Monday while I was in Chicago, so it was fun to get to participate from Chicago. And we read a book um, called uh, Tiger, A True Story of Vengeance and Survival, which is about uh, some tiger attacks in the Far East in Russia. Really, really fascinating book. And it was interesting given the current um, cultural context and climate to learn a little bit more about, um, you know, the last 25 years or so of Russian history. And, and so it was in that spirit, it was my turn to pick a book. And I picked a book called Sarmada, uh, which is by a guy named Fadi Azam. And um, it was written up in The New Yorker several years ago as a, a sort of important novel around the Syrian spring and the Syrian uprising uh, of 2011 and 2012. Um, and we're, of course, in this moment right now where, um, you know, not only has Syria come back into the national consciousness uh, via the travel ban, it's also obviously an ongoing um, state of emergency uh, because of the civil war that's been ongoing since 2011. And um, it's been very interesting for me to start reading into that book uh, and reading a little bit about the Druze culture, uh, which um, that book is uh, centered on, the, the novel is centered on. And, um, I, you know, I was thinking about how much I enjoy the opportunity to encounter difference and think about stories and histories that are different from my own, especially as they relate to the, um, the current uh, climate, um, political, uh, social climate of the world in which we live. So I'm glad that our students, our seventh graders, are getting a similar opportunity. So with that, uh, I wish you all weekends full of betterment and full of difference, my friends. 
Shabbat Shalom to those of you listening on Shabbat. Happy Tu Bishvat. Hug a tree next time you see one. Uh, stay dry out there, my friends. Uh, until next week.